0: Welcome to the Drawing From Experience podcast season two. The podcast where I explore everything related to the life and business of art and creativity. Join me as I interview artists and creative professionals as well as my deep conversations on every aspect of the art life. Learn and grow with me as I explore what it means to be an artist in today's world. And I am your host, Shane Isaacowski. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Drawing from Experience podcast. This is episode number 48, another one from the road. And it's only because, in a period of two months, I haven't recorded any new episodes pretty much. So here we are again. (laughs) Um, Currently, we are in Ossining. That's right, New New York. York. That's right. Um, And the reason I'm here is because uh, my friend here, John Hyde, um, has graciously allowed me to spend uh, two nights um, because our film, Snaggletooth, if you guys go back and listen to some episodes from last year, from early last year... um, There's a film I did production design on. It's a short horror film called Snaggletooth. Uh, It got accepted into the Tribeca Film Festival, which is like giant news. Um, I was super excited to be here. Um, Colin, the uh, writer, director, got me here, which is amazing. And then I also got to stay for free at John's house, which is great. All my friends are taking care of me. It's wonderful. Life is great. Fan-fucking-tastic. Here we are. So, um, uh, I'll talk a little bit about last night, about uh, the Tribeca Film Festival. It was my first time at the festival. Um, For those of you who are not in the film festival world, uh, Tribeca is a pretty big deal. You know, it's definitely up there uh, with some of the biggest film festivals in the world. This film actually has gotten us um, to all different countries and... um, Colin has actually traveled around. He went to, like, Barcelona. I think he went to Mexico um, and a few other places. And so so this one, being, like, on our home turf, uh, granted a different coast, um, but it's kind of our, our West Coast in- invasion on the East Coast here. Um, we kind of wanted to make a big deal out of it. And what was great was all the actors from the film all came out None of us live here, um, so we all flew out here. Uh, Colin threw a premiere party. We had a step and repeat, uh, took photos, uh, and just made a whole fancy night of it. So it was really, really cool. Um, I'm very fortunate that this is part of my life, too. So, Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, some real quick things. I, You know, I have a few things coming up, but by the time this episode airs, some of those things will have come and gone. So um, I'll talk about some of those things next time, probably. But uh, why don't we get into it? Today we have an interview with my friend here, fellow dark artist, John Hyde. Say hello. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? (laughs) Um, John is a performer, a prop maker, a sculptor. He does 3D printing. Um, he's involved in the VR and the AR worlds. He's a stilt walker. Um, apparently he made a vacuum table. Yes, that was one <clears> of the <throat> things. Got to try. Um, he knows how to hand knot fur suits. Uh, he's a skilled craftsman and artist, John Hyde. So also, he goes by the name Twig yes. as well. yes. Do you want to explain that? Do you want to tell that story? Yeah, I can okay. tell that story. Cool. Definitely. Why all not? Because right. here we are. So
1: first of all, thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, of I course. I really appreciate
0: it. It's a, it's a great opportunity.
1: So Twig. Where does Twig come from? Do you call me John? Do you call me Twig? It's always a thing. Either way, I don't care. But where Twig came from was working at the New York Renaissance Fair, and um, They wanted you to have an accent at all times, and they helped uh, make sure that you had some sort of character to help you with that accent. So that said, what they did, they put together a nice little uh, cheat sheet Mad Libs for us that we could go through, and it was outdoors in this really nice uh, sort of outdoor amphitheater. And I'm sitting there, and I get called on. There's 150 people around. And so I start, and I'm like, Hello, I'm known to the fair people in this shire as... And I look down, and I'm like, Oh, man, my fucking mind is so blank. And it wasn't performance anxiety. It was just blank. And I saw this little stick on the ground, I went, I'm known as the fair people in the shire as Twig. And that was it. And everybody started laughing, and I was like, Oh, shit. Okay, well, here we are. And so... You know, I just kept that nickname because for a long time I was actually embarrassed about working at the Renaissance Fair. So I would have Twig at the Renaissance Fair and John everywhere else. And oh, it eventually very merged
0: together, yeah. Okay, so. you were also uh, extremely skinny and super tall.
1: Absolutely, which, so the, which my wife name... was happy to talk about. It yeah. absolutely fit, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, At that time, six feet tall and 135 pounds. So I was yeah. tiny,
0: skinny little skinny yeah. little guy, so it worked. Um well I mean I call you John but I feel like the name Twig is is pretty cool. It re- well it reminds me very much of Twiggy from from Manson from Marilyn Right. Manson. Yeah, absolutely. But um yeah I don't know I think as an artist name the name Twig is is a cool is a cool name. Um Cool. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Absolutely. Would you rather people call you Twig or would you rather people call you John? Let's say in the, the dark art world.
1: The dark art world, I think probably,
0: oh God, you know, that's a good
1: question. Mm. It goes both ways, right? If you want to try to find me, it's easier to find John Hyde than it is to find Twig. On the other hand, you know, my friends and family know me as Twig, and I think that's oh, probably probably the best way to go about okay. it. And that, to a degree, we talked about it a little bit, There is sort of a brand that goes along with, and what is my brand? What is it at at that stage? So, yeah, you know, saying hi to Twig, people know, again, families and friends. So I think that's probably where that's going to end up
0: going. Okay. Well, that's fair. And actually, I do, um, we'll we'll talk about some of your history, but Mm -hmm. I want to get back to the point that you just brought up about being embarrassed working for renaissance fair sure so we'll, we'll get back to that once you start talking about that but yeah why don't we start at the beginning where um, where were you born uh, how did you get involved in the arts and performance it seems to me like performing was something you started doing almost before I mean at least with your social media sure um, it seemed like you were doing that before and I actually did not know that you were more involved in the circus arts very much so yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I stalked your social media last night on the way home don't, on the train.
1: Don't we all with your your three and a half hour ride that should have <laughs> yeah. taken forty minutes? Yeah, that's another story yeah. for another time. So we are playing now with the cat that is coming and going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um. Yeah. So go ahead. Let's hear. Uh, let's hear where you're from and yeah. all the stuff. Sure. So I was born in uh, Lower Fairfield County in Connecticut, which uh, specifically Greenwich, which is now ultra-wealthy. At that time, it was not. It was uh, pretty much a very blue-collar uh, community. So that's where I was born and, and kind of got started. Uh, and really, really early on in the f- you know sort of uh, steps of, of, of childhood, I think I was about seven years old when my dad brought the first computer home um, at vast expense, which I don't know how Uh, He did it, but he brought it home, Hmm. um, started playing games, thought the games were great. uh, But then it sort of became a thing where the game started breaking the computer. Uh, (laughs) And so he was like, listen, no more games. You can't play games on the computer anymore. So what it became was a game of cat and mouse. And I ended up over time, um, first of all, getting really good at computers, but also uh, the story that sort of started to come out of there was that, um, you know, my... My dad would say, no games, you're gonna break it. So what I would do is load the game, play the game, and then take the game off of the computer before he got home. Nine (laughs) times out of 10, he was right. It was gonna break the thing. And uh, so I would have to fix it and then reinstall everything uh, just as it was before. So the reason I bring that up is because it gave me uh, sort of a really strong skill set and technology at a very young age to be like eight or nine years old knowing how to do this stuff. Um, and so that, that sort of as, went off into as it. to not
0: get in trouble as to not get into trouble. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you don't want to
1: get a, a, a you know, beaten up for, for doing that. Yeah. But, you know, on the other hand, he knew it was happening and he continued to foster it and he mm. made sure that technology was in the house all the time. Um, and my mother was very supportive of it. So really early on that sort of segued into, you know, 3d, uh, graphics had start to come up so you fast forward a little bit um 3d graphics had started to come up so if i wanted to just have a sphere that was one color and a cube and you know a cone i would have to set that up compose it all in wireframe uh and then wait 18 hours for it to render um with just a basic thing so if anything screwed up that was it like at the end of 18 hours you had to accept the fate that you got right yeah and that was probably that was 93
0: so it was a while ago that feels like video editing yeah it's like there's one glitch while it's you know rendering overnight and then you look at the video the next day and you're like oh that one thing screwed up the whole thing so you have to redo it
1: and you have to yeah, yeah absolutely and that's the thing where you know that sort of leads into you know so i started to compete like just for for in small local art contests. And, and I would print it and go spend all the money to get a nice Kodak print and and all that happened. So, so that sort of was a thing. Now that sort of stalled, like it stopped because doing all the technology, I went right from high school, right into the working force. Uh, what else am I gonna do? Fix computers. So I mm-hmm. ended up on a career trajectory for IT. Um, and then, you know, whole bunch of time did the whole career path climbed the ladder did the gig got the house got the wife got the two kids quote unquote with uh, in terms of cats and you know there's a lot of stuff in between and then what started to happen was i started to get into the circus arts uh, mm-hmm. my wife was into it my sister-in-law has been into it since she's six and now she is a age older than 25. Mm. Um, so I'll just leave it at that. Um, but she's that been doing it for, be... for many years, yeah. right? She wouldn't care, but uh, okay. it's, it's still something to, to be nice about. So yes. she's been doing a lot of stuff. And so my wife, Missy, started picking that up. And then she brought me into it. And so it started to be something, actually, and the reason I glommed onto it was it was something that I could physically do without, uh, as an athletic person without getting hurt. Ironically, which is hilarious, mm. because the the potential for getting hurt, as you know, in yeah. in aerial arts especially, is extremely high. Yeah. Um, but that's only if you fuck up and fall, right? So yeah. like everything else in between is is all about.
0: A, is about yeah. Doing it's bad. like the checks and balances and making sure that um, all your safety and everything is right is in place, and you've done it right,
1: and that mm. shows a clear process and a clear progression of and no, f- you are not. I ready. feel like yeah. somebody
0: with a technical mind. You it would make sense for you, right? You know, to do something like that,
1: right? There's a clear mm-hmm. progression. It has yeah. to be. I'm very analytical, and so very hard, like hard, too probably, arguably too hard on myself, right? <laughs> but that's but that's the thing that that happens, and so, so I did that. So here's where the stilt walking came in. Is I, I saw this thing and I was like, ah, oh, you know, you go on, you know, the 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 evil of all evils, Pinterest, right? And somebody was like, you should do that, and they pointed at a quad. Stilt creature that was just made from like Michael's stuff. Like it was really crappy um, materials, but what they built it into was something that was like really nice. And being a child of the mm-hmm. '80s and like early '90s, and like seeing you know Beastmaster and all these like crazy you know crawl and all the movies that we watched as kids. I was like, oh, shit, man, I got to do this. Like, I got to figure out how to do it. And I got to figure out how to do it in a way that I don't kill myself. Mm-hmm. Right? So I started to talk with other stilt walkers and other performers and realized um, I had already gone well down the path of buying all the materials for it. But something a lot of people don't know is that you see one of those things and it's really cool and I'm going to go out and do it. And quad stilt would be the right way to do it, right? Because I don't have to, you know, really work hard at training, and I don't have time for all that. And uh, you know, at risk of being like a, a safety cop, the the quad stilt is actually the most dangerous stilt style right because (laughs) if you fuck up with those front stilts you Mm -hmm. will go the only option you have to save is to hopefully go to your knees and if you don't go to your knees you're going to go right to your face and neck yeah and so what people do is they're like i'm gonna do these crazy cool legs and then they're in a hospital yeah so so for me i was like oh shit i better train so I already had an aerial arts background and then started taking it in that direction and building the costume around it. And you know, my, the, the, the woman who owns this, the studio was like, Twig, you can fucking get hired for this. Like I was, yeah. I was like, Hillary, this is not, her name is Hillary. I was like, Hillary, you, it's it's foam like I haven't even put any anything around it she's like I don't give a shit finish it and I'll get you hired (laughs) yeah so she she got me going in a a direction and I owe her uh you know a lot for that she got me going in a direction that was like no dude you got this and Mm. this is that imposter syndrome that everybody talks about and she said listen go get it yeah right and I was like okay I'm gonna go get it I have to hide it because of my corporate ladder, Mm. which will go back to the Renaissance fair. Mm -hmm. I have to hide it. um, But do I? And so what I did was I was like, all right, let me just finish this up. Let me get it going. Let me do the best I can. You've been in my house. It's 700 square feet. So the whole thing, my wife is a saint. Like She's like, (laughs) I'm building this nine-foot-tall creature in our living room, and I have to like pack everything in. Build it. We have a guest at 6 p.m., so I'd have two hours, crank it out. So, like, when people talk in the special effects industry about, you know, deadlines, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably in the biggest way like yeah I know you're going to get yelled at by your boss but like listen you get yelled at by your wife for keeping all your shit out <laughs> not good man and after we've been we're coming up on actually our 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 anniversary is today
0: oh you're, and, right, right, uh, right, right. we're yeah. at
1: 19 years and look at so, us like, we're doing we're doing a our thing and yeah. The, yeah and what did she do she came in she's like oh no 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 like yeah. you guys didn't see this before yeah. we started recording she she's like there's no way you are recording in our bedroom and I'm like why and she's like Oh, it's not video. I'm like, <laughs> all right, yeah, you can
0: record, and so it's this, you know, you have to, you have to be a good partner. By the way, it's so, like spotless in here too. By I the know, way, and so, she's like super yeah. freaked out. That's all right. That's good.
1: So, so, yeah. Um, so yeah. So, so I did that. I did indeed get asked to come up to an event in Holyoke, Massachusetts. So that led sort of down this rabbit hole where I have a lot of friends in that western um, Massachusetts community area. Mm. And somebody, his name is uh, Carl Bridge. He's part of the, he's a twin to Martin Bridge, and they're the Bridge brothers. Mm. And they do a lot of art. They're teachers. They're artists in their own right. They have their own shows. Um, They've got it together. And so they said, listen, we're doing this big event. We have this whole Halloween sort of, not Halloween, but sort of that era, that, that style. It's a music event. We have costumes you got to show up with this yeah. thing, you know? And mm-hmm. so, so I showed up, performed for a long time, like, and, and this, I didn't know, like I was I did four hours uninterrupted. Wow. Um, and I came back to my mentors from stilting, Brian and Annette, and they were like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> like that is not how this works. You don't do that. You do this many things because the industry would be saturated by people being Mm -hmm. you know beating themselves up so you learn a lot of lessons in these things but the net result of that was that carl saw me and he was like okay if he can do that he can do his own thing Mm -hmm. and so all of a sudden i get this invite from from carl going so i have a studio do you want to drive up stay at my place and we're going to make something cool and i'm like what the fuck? You know, like, like, you know, the the normal like stuff in your tummy where you're like, okay, this is somebody who's established. He's got his shit together. He's making all this art. His brothers making art. Like there, and that's just those guys. I mean, that that's a, that whole community is full of very strong artists. Mm. So I was like, uh, I gotta say yes. Yeah. Right. And so I went up and he was like, what tickles you pink? And uh, I'm like, you know, like, let me, let me, I want to do this thing. I like, I see, I don't know if you've ever seen pumpkin rots stuff. Now, pumpkin rot is a, a guy who, again, another craftsman style. Mm. And he does, he does his house up in this undetermined location in Pennsylvania Um, that nobody can find. And Mm. he's like one of those things where like, nobody knows his name, but Mm. he's got these beautiful things and he puts them out. We know he's a special effects artist, but we don't actually know his name. So um, he had done a, a bunch of stuff. It was very inspiring to me. And I was like, I would want, what would it be like if I made another nine foot tall creature that was like skeletal and, you know, really kind of neat and looks like it was cobbled together with these sort of, rough hewn things because that's really pumpkin rot's thing is mm-hmm. that it, it's all newspaper and all that but it looks just like rotted corn husks and mm. it's pretty pretty good stuff cool yeah well for our uh our genre of enjoyment and art yeah. um and so so i said you know carl i want to do this and so he sat down and we planned it out i mean he pulled out pecs he pulled out all these like ABS plastic. Like, this is what you're going to make your harness out of. You're going to do this and you could do that. And he's like, but I don't want to, I don't want to guide you too much. You know what I mean? On the other hand, it was like, here's the material that would achieve that goal. Go get it done. Mm. And he had everything in that shop for me to get it accomplished. And he's the one who introduced me to sell you clay, which is such an arts and crafts, Michael's like bottom shelf thing, uh, but is a really useful material. Yeah. So that turned into that next creature. This is like really tall skeletal creature walking around. I get hired for that. I get hired for the quad still creature that I made that was like a raven sort of uh, mm-hmm. undead raven thing.
0: You um, you can see all this stuff on, on uh John's Instagram by the way.
1: Absolutely. Which is what's the what's the handle the for handle it? on that is O R I G T W Y G. So it's original twig is what it was.
0: Before you continue. Yeah. I actually want to back up a little tiny bit. No problem. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the blue collar community. We're, we're yeah. going to back up maybe a lot of bit. That's okay. Um, the blue collar community and growing up in that kind of community. And then also, uh, you know, having this like technical background. Mm-hmm. Um, but also having this like creative, some, cor- some kind of creative force driving you i guess more later in life but um where was the seed yeah Yeah. like how did how did that happen because a lot of people who grow up in the blue collar community they're like get a normal job do this and they pretty much like even if they did have any kind of creative um uh interest uh they still don't follow that path correct Correct. so like so how did that happen yeah 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 yeah. okay so that's good so Mm -hmm. so we'll start with yeah,
1: I guess if you want to start, we could start with the blue collar. Yeah, um, community. So, so yeah. So, so growing up in the the blue collar community that I did, it was you know my family, not just immediate family, but really my uncles, uh, my grandfather. They were actually house painters. They were you know people who were getting involved in fixing people's houses and and sort of going and building careers around that. So is that a creative thing? Perhaps. I mean, of course you have to be highly skilled at it and you can, you can do, you can do that. Excuse me. Um, but one of my uncles decided he was going to go off and he was going to, uh, go to go art school, proper art school in New York. He went off to art school, became highly skilled, um, and decided that he no longer wanted to follow that path. And my mom, had been somebody who had been very creative and an artist in her own right she actually painted in oils um and then just dropped it after school because she was like listen i've I've got to be a nurse and Mm -hmm. i've got to go off and do my thing so she never picked that back up yeah she did continue so there's like landscape paintings all over the place i mean she's got she's got skill she's got what it takes it's just that she again we were just saying like in a blue collar community you are in a place where you go, you get your job done, you go pick a career path, as long as it's, as long as it isn't being an artist, right? Like you can do anything you want to do. You cannot join the circus, you cannot be an artist, both of which I did, right? (laughs) And I was like, you know, but later in life. And so what what sparked that was really getting involved in um, saying, okay, I've I've done the career path thing enough. I have some resources, I have some time, and then getting a nudge from people off that that cliff and yeah. t- to talk about that, so that's where that's where the creative juices came back, and I was allowed and had that incredible luxury of being able to do that art without the pressure of, oh shit, I gotta eat, you know, I can I can take it now, I gotta budget it, and I've got to make sure I do it right. Though I can do this, and that was a derivative and built from growing up with a. Uh, you know, tight budget in yeah. a, in a small, you know, small home. It's funny. It's like full circle. Now it's, you know, I grew up in a house in an apartment that was 600 square feet and now I have a home that's 700 square feet. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's where that came to pass. So I think, uh, you know, I have everything you just said. Um, it, the important things I think for people to take away from that are, you, you obviously had some kind of interest. I mean, you're drinking out of like an alien mm-hmm. mug, uh, which I was not allowed to watch until you know? well until adulthood. Yeah. Well, okay. So like <laughs> you you do have you have an interest in it, and then you also were being um, uh, pushed by other people in in that direction. Yes. You know where they're like, oh, you do have skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recognize that skill. So that's yeah. some kind of validation for you that you're like, oh yeah other people are actually noticing that what i do right. has value there's a door there you know yeah and and taking and that's that door right yes. so like so for people who if you're feeling like you are um you're like why am i even doing art you know right it's this is why showing people what you do is important and a lot of people don't love that end of it where you're like, okay, well now I have to go show people, you know, it's like, I, I only did this art for me. So, but this is why it's important because then other people can say, oh, you know what? I really like that thing you did. And what's interesting about it is this, and I never would have thought about that. Mm -hmm. So why don't you go and do this? Yes. And then all of a sudden you have a whole nother opportunity that you didn't have before. Yeah. And that's why it's important to show other people what you're doing. It's, it's,
1: it's critical. If, yeah. if I had not, and I mean, like I said, Hillary in, in the school thing, that, that thing wasn't done. It was literally two crutches with foam. And I had yeah. like the little mask on the commercial yeah. mask, which is why Carl said, Hey, listen, let's do something here because yeah. you don't need to buy that commercial mask. Yeah. You could do all this right. With The big finger motion, totally. yeah. you can do something bigger And so that's it. Yeah. And that was not ready.
0: Yeah. So I, uh, I'm not sure if you know this, but I also did the quad stilt thing. Did you? So I have Powerizer stilts. They're the, they're the springy stilts, Yes, which are amazing. I love them. That was like one of the best investments I've ever made. Um, they're not broken. I've had them for well over a decade now. Wow. They're old. And and I've had to tighten them and make them, you know, but they're, uh, (laughs) they still work. Knock on wood. Um, but I, one year, I dressed as uh, a spider. Okay. And I made the whole spider outfit and everything. And then I got those arm stilts, um, and I basically made uh, an extended pole onto them. Right. And uh, I actually just recently gave those away, the, the arm parts. But, um, uh, yeah, it was fun. It's like, you know, you're above everyone. You're walking on all fours. Yep. It, you kind of have to get used to it. But, um, the springy stilts are interesting because you can very easily get carried away and start you know jumping yeah. up and down and when you're just on those, you are you're pretty free like it's you you literally can run like i in a full clown outfit have chased kids down the street you know and like <laughs> yeah. running and jumping like full you on. Know? Yeah, 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 yeah yeah so Absolutely. um but then when you have the arm stilts, you kind you can't do that. Right. You have to go kind of slow, yes. you know, but it's very easy to start getting in that mindset of like, oh, I have springy stilts on so I can just run around. Right. So it is, it's very tough. And I actually never felt, I never felt unsafe on those. I felt more safe with all four legs than I did on the two. Yes. I, f- I fell down a flight of steps once with the two on. <laughs> um, yeah, it was terrible. It's also, yeah, uh, it yeah, the like worst. It's All
1: printed on the side, never use yeah, stairs. And you're you like, I got this. I, yeah. Because yeah, everybody used stairs. does. Yeah. Never use yes.
0: um, Yeah, I totally. I biffed it. I was in a uh, uh, a Jack Frost costume, oh. and I had taken a snow machine, and I disassembled it. And I reassembled it so it worked vertically, and I put it in a backpack on my back. Amazing! Um, and it was running on; it had a; it was hooked up to a power inverter and a motorcycle battery. So was there was about say. forty pounds in my backpack oh. on stilts, <laughs> and I was like stairs, pff, whatever. See. I got this. Yeah, <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah, yep. I totally fell down the stairs. It was pretty bad. Oh, my um, God. I didn't break anything. Uh, I have a friend who had those power riser stilts, and sure. he broke his arm, like, so bad like bones sticking out
1: oh yeah Um, but i think he was doing
0: (laughs) like crazy flips or something i i was never able to do flips and stuff i know people can sure um people jump over like cars and stuff with oh yeah i've seen i've seen some phenomenal
1: yeah yeah, they're on the bucket list i mean i'm no spring chicken on the other hand i'll have to bring
0: them next time there it it is yeah Yeah. 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 or actually what we should do is do the quad stilt thing together yes and go somewhere i think that'd be really cool because and that's the thing about performing
1: in those is that people haven't really seen that stuff yeah they see it they see it on YouTube Mm -hmm. they see it on Pinterest they see it on Facebook Uh, when you see it in person it's intimidating
0: yeah and it also you're also how tall are you I'm six feet tall yeah you're six feet tall, so, so I'm like five and thin. ten, yeah. and you're thin, so yeah. it's like you you you'll look different than I will on on all fours, too. right? So, um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. We gotta we could figure something yeah, out because totally. we, we do need to because Absolutely. that's like
1: when you when you show up in a group like that. With, I mentioned Brian and Annette. They they are also circus performers, musicians, and when we show up together as a unit, it. It intensifies everything. We keep each other safe, but it's also more than safety. It's more about like, you know, there's a net and she's got a lot more uh, skill in the stilts. So she's sitting there. I mean, she's now 10 and a half feet tall. Um, Because she's got her stilts maxed out. Mm, Um, Where I've I've cheated, right? When you look at the skeleton costume on my Instagram, or you look at um, you know wherever you may see it, but really Instagram, you could see that I used a cowl, Mm. and I put actually it's a underneath that skull is simply a uh, hard hat, just the frame of a hard hat. I took the hard hat off and I plopped this on top. And speaking of safety, I can't see jack shit inside Oh really? That thing. Oh, no Yeah. Idea. So okay. So when you see the picture and you look at, like, the nose that the mouthpiece <clears throat> coming down is directly in front of my eyes. So the only reason that costume works, and it's completely solid, so it's it's made out of cellulite clay and acrylic paint and all that, the only reason I can see is because I am on the stilts. So, so I'm looking
0: underneath okay. that mouthpiece. This is what you need to do, right. John. Uh, being that you're in the tech world. Yes. <clears throat> which we haven't even gotten... That far yet, but get some lenses and get there, some lenses. a tiny get, little like a get phone a, or a something, screen, man. In yeah, there and believe me. A camera mounted, and then you'll be fine. It should be good. <clears throat> totally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just and do it's, that. Just just, just, just make it. Pop that up. <laughs> and see. That's the thing, though, because we were talking a little bit about this in the car mm. on the way to. I think it was whatever, we were going somewhere, and um, you know, the the thing that comes up is, do you sketch, and what level is finished, right? Mm and so i think where that costume is is it's good it's at the right spot the next one the next thing has to have something that'll Mm. step it up right and so what is the next thing so the next thing i have is first of all like technology aside Uh, will have actual visibility (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, it's great that I have, my wife is a a saint, as I've said a little bit before, but she'll come out to be the safety person. And she has to tell me like people at 11 o'clock, are waving at you. So look at 11 o'clock and wave at them. Yeah. And I've made these popsicle finger sticks with And I didn't know how to make those skinny. Dude, Okay. I gotta say, so those fingers on
0: there, I watched every process video that you put out. And, um, if, if you guys get a chance, go check that out on his Instagram, because for anybody who wants to build your own costume, anybody who's like a DIY person, um, you, Aside from just like really assembling them, you show how they work and everything and right. you could definitely figure out from your videos how to do it absolutely so yeah and I think um, <clears throat> I think a good platform for you would be twitch you don't have a twitch channel I was using mixer actually from Microsoft mixer.
1: and okay. so that's their answer to twitch oh, okay. um, you know the reason I did that speaking of showing people is that twitch, is a good platform I think where I would need to go is to make sure that I would get higher up quicker and so that takes a lot of uh, there's there's a number of large skill sets to get there. Mm. The reason Mixer I chose Mixer was you know a small fish in a much smaller pond Mm. right and so there was not a huge viewer base on the other hand there were not a not a huge amount of creators either on Mm. there so you see a lot of people playing video games because it's tied into xbox and it streams Mm. right from your xbox into this thing on the other hand i've got a camera i've got a you know the stock standard you know my first streamer uh blue (laughs) <laughs> uh you know, uh snowball microphone and and so uh really the challenge was finding space to, to be able to do it though. Um yeah, it is something I've dabbled in and you know, right now I work for a video streaming company, so yeah, it's it's probably right on point with what I what I should be looking at. Yeah. Just pick a night, be consistent, and that's how you, you build your yeah, your I user think, base there, your viewer base. Yeah,
0: I mean it's I know exactly what you mean and um, the Twitch community when I went to TwitchCon last year mm-hmm. that was really when I realized how big it's huge, it actually is huge. it's giant
1: in a such a good way mm-hmm.
0: yeah and I I just I feel like um, even though it is in any community that's really large like the sooner you get in the better um, and then it just takes oh, it'll take you longer than to build your base the bigger the community is correct um but i th- i think you should I once think you, you should. arrive there yeah you are, i feel yeah? like it, okay i feel like what you're doing people more people need to see. i've never even heard of mixer right um no offense to mixer sorry um they're not sponsoring this episode <laughs> yeah, so say, right neither is twitch but sure um but i do feel like uh you know if you got on there people would definitely watch because some of that okay. stuff is, is really intriguing and um uh, especially like making popsicle fingers and then making them look right. And um, like the articulation that you created on them. Right. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, guys again, check out his, his Instagram here. So um, let's move on, shall we? So you were in the circus world. Yes. And that kind of rolled into this other performance thing, like Renaissance Fair. Yeah. Okay. Which, by the way, I love Renaissance Fair. They're awesome. It's freaking awesome. They are great. So yeah. I, I remember going there with some friends, and um, I got to sword fight everyone, and you like pop the balloons. Uh huh. Like, do you, did you guys do this at yours? No, I think
1: we're too close to a place where liability is actually oh, okay. a word. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we well, are like... in like, you know,
0: small town Pennsylvania, so uh I guess they don't care there. It's not as but bad, um yeah. it was it's not real sword fighting. It's like sure. you know, a boffer or something. I, I'm like not that. even sure, but uh, it was basically like everyone's in a suit. Uh-huh. And there's a balloon on each shoulder and then a balloon on your head. So you got three balloons that people have to pop. Okay. And then, but you have like a sword. It's not really a sword. It's something else, plastic or something like that. And I ended up winning, which is great. Excellent. Excellent. Anyway, it was really fun. I loved it. Um, But, uh... Turkey legs. Did you have turkey legs there? Got to oh have the God. turkey okay. legs,
1: the, the, the soup in a bowl, and <laughs> yeah. a bread bowl, because you got to eat
0: the bread afterward. So, um, I mean, so that's an interesting part of your life that, you know, a lot of people don't do. And, right. like, how did you even get into that? And is that sure. how, that's how you met your wife? Yeah, or? absolutely.
1: Okay. Yeah. And so, so the, the way I got into that was in high school, I was very interested in, I was going down this sort of art path kind of path um and i i grew up around uh you know a lot of fantasy and sci-fi much more fantasy than sci-fi so you know there was always conan the barbarian uh you know comic books laying around again my uncles were a huge influence i spent so much time around them Um, So, yeah, there was Conan the Barbarian books laying around. My grandfather, the way he... He worked six days a week, and the way he would unwind is he would sit down with a comic book, he'd sit down with some trashy fantasy novel, (laughs) and then he would give me those novels. And so I would... I just got just loved them. i sort of consumed them, and he would get in trouble because my Wait, grandmother when you say
0: trashy fantasy yeah it's
1: like oh, how could you be trashy fantasy <laughs> <laughs> yeah right but what would happen is he would give me this book it did not look like a, a bodice ripper in any way you know for any particular reason um but you know i loved looking at those that art and stuff like that and um You know my grandmother would be like you know felix you're not giving him one of those books are you and he's like no uh and then he'd like wink and i'm like oh shit there's gonna be some stuff in here man like and it would just be very light level stuff i mean it was just like kissing and like Uh oh they went off into the woods together to lay among the ferns scandalous you know so in growing up in a a fairly religious family that was definitely like whoa whoa Mm -hmm. you know so so how did i end up at fair i read all that stuff i saw conan the barbarian and someone was like you do know there's this place you can go. Mm. And it's kind of, you know, obviously it's modern, but it's like medieval and you can dress up there and you can do what you want to do and I was like, oh, I wonder what wearing chainmail is like. I wonder mm. what wearing armor is like and you know, always having a penchant for enjoying those sorts of things. Well, how could I not go there? You yeah. know what I mean? And um so I went and I was still in high school and I was like, I got to make chainmail for this, so I sat down. I went to Pergaments, which dates me in this region. If anybody mm-hmm. knows Pergaments, but um, hopefully there's one or two people <laughs> old enough to to be like, oh yeah. So it was it was the proto Home Depot. It was where mm-hmm. you went for not just the local hardware store, but a bigger scale. Um, and I got you know 16 gauge steel wire, and then I got the needle nose pliers, and I sat down and I figured out on the you know, overusing proto again, but the proto internet because it was really very new. And I went to an AOL site, found an SCA site. I didn't realize it was the Society for Creative Anachronism at that time. Much mm-hmm. later did I realize that's where it was from. Learned how to make chainmail, made myself a chainmail shirt, and off I went to the Renaissance Fair with a buddy who who is four or five years older than me. Um, Wearing sneakers with the extra baggy, you know, pants and mm. chain mail that I had made. And I was like, damn, dude, I have arrived. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I am here ready to roll. And um, I was enamored of it. And then I realized, like, holy shit, I've been here. And realized that actually my uncle had brought me back, brought me there as like an outing
0: mm.
1: when I was like six or seven. Oh, wow. And the reason I remembered, I was like, "This tree, there's something scary happened." And I like went back, and I was introspective about it. It's and they used to tough. have stilt walkers. Oh no way! In these with big hands, and it just it wasn't scary like as an adult, but as a kid, that's some shit, man. Yeah. That thing's like ten feet tall. Mm-hmm. It's all grotesque looking, and I was like, oh, "I've been here." Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, wait, wait, wait." wait hold Not only on. that,
0: but it's deep in your psyche yeah. enough where. Yeah. Now you're a stilt walker. <laughs> right. Now I was like, well, fuck it. Now I got to do it. And yeah. now I'm like, now I know
1: why that guy was mm-hmm. walking around. And yeah. he was very gentle and he was very kind. And he gave me space and was like, oh, that kid's not having any of this. Yeah. But then, okay, so it's that day. And I'm, I'm there with my chainmail, and everybody's talking in an accent that works there. But I could tell that they're having fun. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, so this is something else. And I noticed that as I continue to go back and as I continue to dress up more and more... Uh, enhancing that um, sort of persona and the, the, the every, buying things there to, to fit in um, that that overlapped with me starting my career in mm. IT, right? And going, okay, well, shit, every time I bring this up, people are like, oh, you're such a nerd. And instead of just being like, yes, I am, I was like, oh, God, I can't. I gotta be norm. Yeah. I've gotta be the norm, right? Totally. And so it was embarrassing, so I I buried it right Mm. and so it was don't tell anybody and all the way up until like very recently which was like at this point I was like you know what I've just got to um I've just got to own it you know what I mean I'm just gonna it is what I it is what it is like yeah I'm a nerd I go to I go there yeah um so so that's where yeah I ended up meeting my wife there I ended up being a hawker of games actually because mm. that was one of the best ways to get paid there.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: those people where you walk by and it's like test of strength yeah. and it's 2 bucks for 3 swings yeah. which is absolutely no redeeming value in any tangible manner. <laughs> And I was, you know, I got there and I, I had been there for just going for years and years and years. And I was like, I got to work here now because this pass is expensive as fuck.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> You're like yeah. I, instead of paying to be here, they should pay me they to should be pay here, me, man.
1: I'll be part of the <laughs> entertainment. Let's roll. Let's do it. And, and I was very shy. And so what it ended up doing was it wasn't that I was shy. It was just that I was only I wasn't very extroverted in a certain way. And so by sitting there and putting on this twig hat Mm. with finger quotes, I was able like, I was like, holy shit, they're right, man. If I make a character out of this, it becomes much easier. Mm. And so now I was able to banter and open, and I was in a more, I was more in the bird seat, right, Uh, making a lot of money, too, because at that time it was cash only. Mm. And so, you know, I pulled in, um, my record was $1,000, pulled in so 500 people gave me two bucks cool to swing a fucking
0: hammer that's awesome
1: and um you know i worked with this guy rob and he was it was great we were opposites he was a bigger guy i was this little skinny guy (laughs) and we worked as an absolute comedy you know yeah total rock show and and it was great and we were um we were doing really well and i had a great time doing it lots of parties got to stay on site which is great so you're tenting and you get Man. totally bombed, and then you wake up at, like, 10, and you're like, ah, this is what could go wrong. <laughs> well, you know, I was working a 9-to-5 job as well. Yeah. And so it became a lot. So I, I worked there for 10 years, actually. And um, I met my wife sort of halfway through, and she... Um, she also became a hawker, and she beat my record soundly, oh, solo. She She's still, as far as we know, she still has the wow. record. I
0: think it was like $1,600 or something. So like at that moment, you're like, yeah, I'm going to marry this woman. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> that's it. That's, I just, she knows what she's doing here. Yeah. So, um, uh, that's, that is that's a great, great. story. Um, so, you know, back to this thing with the idea of, like, having to hide your nerdiness. Sure. I feel like that... That point speaks to so many people um, where we grow up in a, in the world that we live in, this mm-hmm. reality, and we do have to, like, once we let our freak flag fly a little bit, and then people see that, yeah. and they're like, dude, what are you doing kind of, like, mentality, and you're like, oh, I'm not supposed to be doing this. And then, so then you do, like, retreat, you right. know, you hide it, and um, I know that there are some people... Who listen to this podcast and friends of ours um people in the dark art society and and beyond sure. um who can totally connect to that and yeah. that idea where you you do have to like you feel like you have to hide it especially like doing the kind of artwork that we do we do darker aesthetic art um you especially if you're in, like, a very Christian community or something yeah. like that, you yeah. know, and you, you basically have to just, like, be behind this veil of, like, uh, well, I'm not the person that you think I am or whatever or not even show that you are that person. So right. um, I feel like this is really sad. Like, this is a, a sad part for people where you can't declare it um, or else you'll be like, I don't know, excommunicated. It's like that's like such a religious like uh, thing. But I feel like a lot of people feel like they can't, you know, they can't out themselves as this. And this is like, I mean, honestly, this is so telling of where we are still as like humanity, and like, yeah. and not just not just this community, but. Any community that's not considered "quote" normal, you know, Absolutely. and um, the LGBT community, yeah, um, that's a yeah, huge people, you know. So right now, like, so, so basically, what I'm saying is, anything outside of the norm, anybody who is struggling with that idea of identity and who you are, and this is really who I am, but I can't tell anybody, mm-hmm. um, you're not alone. <laughs> number yeah, one, not even close. You know? yeah. So, I and I feel like i I feel like there's more of us than than there are of them you know and, oh, absolutely. Uh, of the quote normal you know the norm yeah. because i what what does that even mean in general you right. know what the norm is um it's just what's accepted wholly as our society, but really, I think we're realizing now that um the norm really isn't just the very vanilla uh white bread right you know this is this is your career path, this is the way you do, you know, you you get married, you have kids, you, you know, high school, college, get married, have kids, yeah. and then you die, Cycle. you know, so yes. like, um, how many people don't follow that formula, you know, anybody that's outside of that norm, um, you know, I feel like, I feel very much outside of that norm, you <laughs> know, and I felt like that for a long time. Um, and I've always done creepy kind of stuff too, you know, so, uh, I've always embraced it. I've been very lucky. Um, even though I went to, like, Catholic school, mm-hmm. I would just show it anyway because I, I guess I didn't care. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Some people really, you know, they did care, but, like, I, I don't know. I guess I just never cared, but... Um, but I was told a lot, like, not to do that. Or sure. why do you always do this or so whatever? What's so, wrong? Or yeah. Is, are you okay? Yeah, is, is everything okay, is okay all right, you know, like, hey, whatever. You
1: know, the psychiatrist at school yeah. will help you. And you're like, okay, that's Even cool. now.
0: This happens to me now. It happens to me, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, people totally. are like, dude, you're a freak. Yeah. No offense. And I'm like, well, okay. I'm in a state now, too, as I'm getting older in life that it, you see it, right? Like, okay, yes, we all want to become. We're... As evolved as we've gotten, we are also uh, still victims of being evolutionarily screwed if we fall outside of the tribe, right? I'm not going to be able to eat. I'm not going to be able to procreate if I get you know out of this tribe. I'm in big trouble. Yeah. Right. And you know, part of what helped me kick this over too is that I started going to a fire festival uh, where we have four overnight bonfires and. You know, I hid that, and I was like, oh, I can't go. Because I was was raised Roman Catholic, uh, just like so many people. Yeah, very strict Roman Catholic. And so it was like, and then it became born-again Christianity. And so the more layers of religious sort of uh, layers that came onto my understanding, the more I started going like, okay, cool, you can believe what you want to believe. You do realize these are the exact same sort of scenarios don't treat each other poorly make sure you find other people who are like you that will treat other people well right now you can layer that with all sorts of shit and people do and i think what it comes back to is come back to a place where it's just don't treat people poorly find people who enjoy things that you enjoy and revel in their company and if somebody doesn't like what you do They have their reasons and they have their tribe. At least you hope they have their tribe. Yeah. Because once you find a group or groups that you know you feel comfortable with, you're on top of the world because, yeah, there's always going to be drama inside it. But it's (laughs) us being us. We're human beings. We make mistakes. We have emotions. We feel things. And I think it comes down to, hey, listen, I'm going to go out to this fire festival thing. I had gone to many pagan festivals, and this was against the the grain. Like, you don't do that. That's like, those people are devil worshippers. It's the bad thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I always had a a desire to look at darker things. Loved Marilyn Manson. Like, dude, I see what you're doing there. Nod. You know, drove my parents nuts. On the other hand, I was like, you do realize this guy's just shock like yeah. he's doing it to disrupt our concepts of what is what is really bad and what is not yeah um and so there's a, a litany of artists music performance you know paintings etc um and so for me with dark art I don't I, you know, I don't go into a new job and be like, yo, here's my Instagram, this is what I do. <laughs> you know, on the other hand, I also, mm. as people evolve, like you said, you went through my Instagram carefully
0: because you certainly had a lot of time to, to go through it. <laughs> I, I feel bad, man, for that trip. But uh, No, it's okay. Uh, what he's referring to is last night on the way back from the city, I got the uh, the last train out, which is at 1.50 in the morning. Um, but by the way, I am on West Coast time, so that's really like... Um, 50, 11 so it's like ten fifty. That's not so you bad. Know? No. Yeah, okay. So then, that so that's so I was bit, yeah. I was very awake pretty much the whole okay. time. So then, but there was somebody was like convulsing or something at one of the stops. We were at the stop for like an extra half hour, or forty minutes. So it took a very long time to get home last night. But anyway, yeah. So this idea of belonging, you right. know, I think a lot of people um, struggle with. And I would say, you know, I talk about Dark Art Society a lot on this podcast, but let's, uh, why don't we talk about it a little bit? Um, This is how we met. Yes. uh, Virtually and on the internets. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I had joined up pretty early on and I'd been listening to the podcast for a while, the Dark Art Society podcast uh, with Chet and Mike. Mike no longer co hosts, but. yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got on there and um you know, the history of you being on there and how long how long have you actually been a member there and everything? It's a good
1: that's a good question,
0: actually on how long.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh months. I think, you know, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of six months or so. Uh maybe longer. Uh but how did I get there? So before I had mentioned Carl and Martin uh, right. and the Fire Festival, right? And so from that pagan community went to the fire festival met carl and all these guys um and they happened to go to this place called cosm and it was really cool and i loved tool as a band and i was like wait whoa whoa!" and you know i i had started like looking at stuff and i was like into tool and i started going all right who are these folks and all that uh found chet's website he was still selling that was right when he was selling those dvds with like little snippets of digitally done stuff and i was mm. like oh shit this is amazing right yeah um because you're coming from that world too that's what i mean mm-hmm. i was like how the fuck did he do this yeah. like it takes 18 hours to do a sphere <laughs> and i was like so far <laughs> behind that i was like what the fuck and mind is blown and then i had no idea until just very recently that he and alex gray uh had collaborated on that um so worlds colliding the bridge brothers are actually a big part of of you know Doing some events at at uh, Cosm, and now that they've moved up to Wappingers Falls, which is just north of here, um, you know, I started to just it started to just one thing led to another, and as I was researching because I never stop learning that's something I always like to do. It's one of my strengths is finding new things, creating creative mind constantly learning and how do i do a uh, screen inside this mask that i can't see diddly squat yeah i'll go out and find it and so how did i find that i found you know chet was doing this podcast somehow and he's like hey don't forget like you can always sign up on patreon now everybody and their mother has a patreon at this point it's a good thing uh it's a way for artists to support each other Uh, It's a way for hopefully fans of, of artists to support their artists as they, as they create. Uh, And so I was like, Oh, you guys have a Facebook site. Let me see what's going on in there and see if there are other people who are doing what I'm doing, because I'm hearing a lot of the same story on these podcasts that are similar to mine. And in a, in a desire to learn, I was like, I, there's gotta be other folks I can learn from here. and, there's got to be something that somebody maybe wants to know, like yeah. when I saw those videos, digital art, and I was like, or those videos, I was like, oh my god, how do I do this? And I found out about ZBrush, and I'm like, I don't have nine hundred dollars, like so. Then I found Sculptress, right, and it's free, and so that that leads down that path. But that's how I came to be part of the Dark Art Society. Was was the the complete uh, sort of train of finding. This community that was involved with another community that was involved with music that I liked, and finding the people responsible for creating that, and uh, I was like, "Geez, maybe, maybe I'll get to know some of these people and and know who 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 my tribe is in an extended format, right? Not just the folks in Western Mass and this small, limited. um, I don't want to say limited. Let me redact that. The people who are in this area we don't have a lot of dark artists here there's yeah. a handful mm-hmm. of people who are like yeah but it won't sell and i'm like i get it make it anyway yeah cuz it's called fucking instagram and you can <laughs> sell your shit you know what i mean like totally. and that's actually where all my sales come from
0: yeah
1: 100% of my sales mm. is instagram
0: wow believe it or not. So and you, yeah. you have a big cartel site. I do. That's linked on your Instagram yeah. there.
1: Yeah, mm. I do. And, uh, it's woefully, this is the same story. It's woefully out of date. It's, but it, it's out of date only because I don't like to have a lot of stock items. And what I do is if I make it, I put it up there mm. and if it sells, I put it on sold out. So what's the next thing that I'm going to make and put up there and that's how i i usually almost (laughs) i gotta say i almost use big cartel as sort of a shopping cart for people they say i want that on instagram i go okay go buy the low Mm. poly skull generic one
0: and that's i mean no that's i think that's a great way to use it you know um so you know a lot of people don't even have a shop set up so i think that's you know big cartel is a good spot and i feel like it's a standard amongst at least our community. It seems to be. It seems seems that way. It's a
1: very Mm straightforward from a technological standpoint. From a tech guy, it is so much easier to set Mm -hmm. up than so many other sites. And I think that's largely it. Plus it accepts how many credit cards and PayPal Mm -hmm. and you don't have to do that overhead. So that's really where that came from.
0: So, you know, in addition to all your handmade items and stuff like that, which I think um, sets you apart from a lot of people, you know, I do a lot of two-dimensional art, but I've always done, like, 3D art as well and costumes and things like that, mm-hmm. making things with your hands. Yeah. So, I'm totally in that world as well. Yeah. Um, but I feel like a lot of people are not. Um, but the other part of it that I think is really intriguing with what you do is the tech part of it. Yeah. And, like, so you are an IT guy, but you also have this other foot in the 3D vr ar world virtual reality augmented reality worlds right um so why don't you talk about that a little bit and about how you think that can benefit artists nowadays um wanting to cross over platforms and instead of just being in such a uh you know two-dimensional reality or or even three-dimensional reality but then turn it into this other technological part of it
1: yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. um it's Certainly it's an evolving space right now. And so I think where we see, it's not that I think, I I believe where we're going to see new mediums in art will be digital. I mean, that's kind of a duh statement. On the other hand, there are well-worn, well-established sort of mechanisms and places where you can sell art. And they are not based on digital uh, digital sort of art, uh, and I don't mean that just in a, a digital painting, I mean just technologically speaking. For me, I was like, okay, I'm not a very good illustrator. I'm not a good painter. I could strengthen that weakness. Instead, let me strengthen what I know I have strength in, which is, okay, I can put things together. And on on the Instagram, and I showed you last night, even though it's in a not ready state, it's still ready enough where I took a illustration that I have from, uh, an artist that she did a logo for me. Um, hi, the dot, the Haru at original at, at uh, Instagram, right? She's just, she's great. She was like, listen, I'm going to make this thing for you. What are you going to do? And I said, well, actually I'm going to glitch it out and I'm going to put this, I think, I don't know, but I'm going to try for it. I'm going to put together a program that I can download onto my phone from the app store and then i'll point my phone at it and then the sculpture will come out right and so this will work because if i do this and i figure this out then i can i know i can work either with other artists and have their paintings or i could have their illustrations or whatever i could put that on the wall and then i can point this app that i wrote add it and then my sculptures come to life or it doesn't even have to be my sculptures maybe this is just sculptures from somebody else that are digitally done that are inspired just, from. as you as soon as bu- bu-
0: bu- you showed me that i'm like my mind is just instantly like racing of like what i can do with that too right, right um so i think that i mean that's awesome and i think it's important to we talked a little bit about this about like you know doing the thing that you're good at and then if you yourself can't um, – if you don't have the skills skill set to do a certain thing, finding somebody who has a skill set to do it. Right. And then also, like, this is why collaboration between artists is important, you know. So, like, I have this idea for a certain show that I want to do in the future. And then this thing that John showed me here was, like – could totally be wrapped up within that idea too you know so like i you know so this is why like creative people getting together meeting face to face uh and talking about it is like you can just collaborate and and make something that didn't exist before you know and that's again that's like the power of the artist is um taking in the things around you filtering it within you and then spewing it out into the world in a whole different way you know so so when you have two people doing that or three people or a team of people you know that's it's like the film that we showed last night it's a Mm -hmm. whole team of people that did it you know and um i think that's what that's what life is about (laughs) about, right that's what our life is about at least it's you know just creating something that did not exist before so and finding that
1: group yeah
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. Um so yeah, what's on the future? What's on the horizon for for John Twig Hyde? <laughs> uh man, making <laughs> stuff. Well, you're telling me you're part of this um this nonprofit space now. Yes. It you got approved for a studio space. Um this is kind of an important thing for artists to separate their personal private life working space. Yeah. Um, and they're yeah and they're basically their their art practice so you know i'm lucky to have a studio space that i use solely for my art Mm -hmm. um not everybody has that luxury and now all of a sudden you're thrown into this community of people and you're gonna have a studio space so how is that all working out so far i know you're in the preliminary steps sure but um you have plans for it and everything
1: absolutely and so so i got a spot at Bethany Arts Community, which is what it's called. Uh, it's a nonprofit, and and you know, uh, I had to apply, and you know that's that's a spooky place to go, right? You you're you're not sure, and that imposter syndrome rears its ugly head, especially because they they have a, a large number of artists that are much more traditional than not, right? Mm-hmm. So when, before I mentioned that like local community is limited, it was limited only in that there's not a lot of horror, dark art people. That's not to say that there are not a lot of artists here. And uh, in Ossining actually, there are a metric shit ton of artists. For whatever reason, there are a lot of people here, musicians, uh, 2D paintings, you name it. And so this looked like, and is definitely fostered by the town, As a, you're welcome to be here, let's get this going, let's get this spun up. People are, you know, graphic designers in the city and they come home and they paint and then they're stuck, right? Now, it's not to say that Bethany Art Center only does these studios. It's more about having a place for all of us to get together to learn from each other and to to certainly share our art so there's a small gallery space there so i think about this ar thing and i'm like oh man i can have all these pieces of art on the wall and (laughs) then i can do the things and you would have this and and all the mechanisms would fall into place and so that is where i have a next step Mm -hmm. is i now have a venue that i am a part of that i can say i know your list is like it won't be for another eight months so could we talk about doing a show in this way? Yeah. Perhaps it's arts artists here, perhaps it's artists uh remote. You know, let's talk about that. That that before did not exist for me, right? Yeah. I have a very supportive community and, and we were talking a little bit about <clears throat> that here locally, all of a sudden things are just happening. Doors are opening, you know, like Go to a, I go to the coffee shop, right? And uh, you mentioned on the Instagram the guy happens to be from your neighborhood, right? His yeah. name is Luis. So totally. Luis is like, listen, Twig, seriously, you're doing this stuff, you're getting it done. How can I get your art on, like art on the walls? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I make a fucking Krampus costume. Like, I yeah. don't, I don't know how we're gonna make that into something. So it, it's what's next is it's forcing me to, in a good, good way, to go way outside of my boundaries of comfort. And say, okay, I'm going to have to figure out how to make something 2D. Totally, put that on the wall Mm -hmm. and get that as a sort of uh, get that into a position that 2D art has become an anchor for my art to go on top of it. If I'm collaborating or if what have you, because I could 3D print some stuff too. That was another thought process: Mm was, hey, maybe it's 3D but it's a base relief. Yeah. Bass relief. I never know how you say mm-hmm. it. It's bass relief, right? So it becomes a relief. Um, there's so many more options. So now I'm seeing this sort of, like there's a peak out. Now I got to make a body of work for it. Yeah. So it looks like I have some spots to put it, which is nine so,
0: t- tenths of the problem. I mean, so that's very interesting. So you have like, you know, you have all these, these different skills, and it's just a matter now of being able to present those to the public in a certain way. Yes. Um, I think a lot of digital artists or uh, 3D artists or VR um, or AR artists, they, they're kind of up against that that uh problem is like how do you present your work in a digital format in the real world right right which is why like vr Mm -hmm. is it can be very popular but again you have to be like in a headset so like what do you do give a headset out to every single person that walks in the door Mm -hmm. you know so like there are definitely challenges i think in that realm um but those are good challenges i feel like that's yeah it's fun um to kind of like solve those problems and um, we talked a little bit about this about artists just being like, um, you know, I consider it to be like kind of problem solving. You were saying like troubleshooting, mm-hmm. you know, an artist is basically like you're looking at the problems, you solve those problems in a certain way, right? And then you can present them. So, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a really interesting direction to go into. Um, I do have to say, so you just turned me on to an app called. Sculpt sculpt Sculptress. Plus, sculptress. Yeah. Sculptress. Yes. Is that what it was?
1: That's Sculptress from okay. Pixologic. Logic. It's the okay. same folks who make ZBrush. Okay. Is that the one that I download on oh, my phone? Oh, so you have okay, so right. Sculptress is on either Mac or PC. Oh okay. And it's free. And it's limited. S- yeah. And it's awesome. Because I still sculpt- make all
0: my stuff from it. Sculpt plus on droids. So I started playing around with this. I have no freaking idea how to use it. (laughs) So, like, I'm like, technologically, I can figure stuff out, but, like, it takes me maybe a little bit. Um, I still feel like I grew up very analog, even though you're older than I am. Sure. Uh... Sorry, no offense. No, um, no, man, that's and, all good. Uh, but you grew up in this. Uh, you know, you learned Steve computers very early on. Oh, yeah. You know, so yeah. like I wasn't really in that world as much. So, but so I'm looking at this program and I'm playing with it totally cool yeah no idea how to use it i'm just like pressing it and all of a sudden it looks like this weird blob of shit so yes but it's a 3d thing and you told me about it it's on your phone um you start with like a sphere and then you can kind of shape it and sculpt it right and then you've done this where you've shaped it and sculpted it on your phone and then you've 3d printed that that's right yeah i mean how cool is that that's the it's, coolest shit. So, like, is this is technology shit. happening right now. Like, the future is happening literally right now at our fingertips. It's really amazing. Um, and then, so that's, that is the beautiful blend between art and technology, where you put these kinds of tools in an artist's hands. Um, because if you put these in somebody who's just in the tech world... Hand. they don't you, know what to they, do yeah like maybe they're not creative enough or maybe maybe they are but they just don't know how to do it and they haven't developed their skills you know so right. you put it into the hands of somebody who has developed their skills and they're like oh yeah this makes sense and they just start doing and it and they go you yes. know it's yes. it's like when you give a kid a toy or something they just do it because that's they, they, they just go else. Yeah, it's, yeah it's literally just the you know they're on autopilot so they just do it um So, I think it's really important to uh, blend these worlds together. And, you know, I'm living in San Francisco and having the tech world the way that it is and the art world. We are, like, we're head-to-head and, like, often fighting. So, like, um, I think it is important for artists to hear this conversation about how uh, the technology can help artists and help us grow as people just in general, um, but also like just accept maybe some of those tools that the tech world is presenting to us and then um, using that to our advantage and then creating something that didn't exist before. you know it's never existed before. I mean right mm-hmm. now the technology has reached such uh, an awesome point. And it's only gonna get better, and it's getting better as we speak. Da- so like daily. Yeah. Daily. Yeah. And 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 that's the thing, it's very intimidating.
1: I hear this a lot from a lot of artists. I hear from people, you know, here I have like buddies who are her tattoo artists and they're like, Oh, that shit's intimidating doing VR art and I'm like, What's intimidating is <laughs> like permanently fucking marking somebody <laughs> yeah. with your art. That's intimidating. Yeah. Um it, but you know, it's something that I have spent a lot of time, intro, uh, you know, introspectively looking at. What what about this is intimidating? The answer is is when you're used to just just sticking with tattoo, is you you know your machine, you know your tools, you know what you're strong at, you know that you can do these things, you know that you're a fucking kick ass illustrator who can work not just on a flat piece of paper, but on anatomy, and yeah. that's a whole nother level, right? Mm-hmm. And so what's intimidating about just sitting down at the computer the answer is is that is now it's just like looking at a blank canvas again except for the fact that you don't even know how to make your first mark right and we were able to talk a little bit about this an artist she she came to me and she's like what tool are you using to do this shit because I need to get my hands on it. And I was like, oh, it's Sculptress, it's free. You can go buy the $900 product, that's great, but you're just going to be super ultra overwhelmed in how deep that is. So just definitely start with Sculptress. You can do everything that I do with that. And, you know, she she was going on and she was working on it and she was really playing with it. And she's like, dude, I hit a fucking wall. And I'm like, well, what mm-hmm. happened? And She's like, I need to talk to you on video chat. Now that's something that that also goes to another end, which I'll get back to, but let's just get on a, on a call real quick. And maybe you can help me out with this. And she goes, dude, I keep on getting, getting up and I have to walk away from the computer and look at it to get like a view of what I'm putting together. And I'm like, and we started working on it more and more. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, you, how come you aren't just zooming out? And it sounds funny. And people might laugh, listening to the podcast. On the other hand, her computer was not working with sculptress to allow her to zoom out. So the, this poor person's getting up and walking away from her computer to get a view on the thing, and mm-hmm. and what it what it happened to be was a very simple solution, which was okay. Just buy an eight dollar mouse off of Amazon with a wheel, spin that wheel, and boom, you'll have what you need, yeah. right? And and that's what's intimidating about technology and art. It's not about the blank canvas. That's so true.
0: It's yeah. Sometimes what do I do with the tool? It's like yeah. Sometimes uh I'll find things in like Photoshop, and I'll end up doing them uh, like two extra steps. Of course. And like in Photoshop, you can can (laughs) really get lost because you can do... Anything. Yeah, you can do anything you want, but then there's also 10 ways to do that one thing. Correct. So many workflows for so many
1: different reasons. And that's why ZBrush is so crazy. Like it's really ultra highly customizable um for what it is you're trying to achieve. Yeah. And that's great, but you know, now you have to take classes and all that. So I can understand where people are saying it's intimidating. I think I think it's going to be key and we're going to start to see more of this and I'm certainly willing to and not willing to. I think going back to the what's next, it's not just okay putting my stuff up there. It's sitting down and saying, "Okay, I know enough about this. I have enough experience" and sitting down and and sort of um putting a a small product and or a consultancy around working with artists to help them understand where technology can improve their art, because maybe you don't need to take those two steps. Then again, you know that you sit down with anything, any piece of art, and you're like, holy shit, I could have just done that shortcut. Mm -hmm. There's some shortcuts that you'll never be able to take. Mm -hmm. If you don't know anatomy, you're never going to draw a good face. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: On the other hand, you can cheat.
0: There's, there's you cheats. You can and and there's some ways people to develop their style through not knowing anatomy or something like happen. that. You know, yeah, totally. Yeah. So um, I know some artists that have a specific style. They they do a face the way that they do a face. It technically is not correct, but it's their correct and, uh, and and it looks a certain way. If, and they if, they're, if yeah. they're
1: enjoying their art, mm.
0: great. I think that's awesome, man. And, you know, I'd love to talk to you more about this. Um, We're kind of running out of time right now, but um, I think that's a really good resource for people. So if you're listening out there in podcast land um, and you want to know more about 3D sculpting tools or anything like that, hit up John here. totally cool guy he let me come and stay with him and his wife and I'm a complete stranger (laughs) from across the country so um, how cool is that and uh, you know I feel very fortunate to be um, in this community of people who are uh, you know literally opening their doors for me and uh, yeah so thank you so much for joining us and do you have any, any closing statements for us hmm
1: I think it would be figure out what you're strong at and Mm -hmm. keep working on those
0: strengths. Yeah.
1: Right. Don't, don't wig out about the weaknesses and be like, oh my God, I'm not a good thing. Just, I'm good at this. I know I'm good at this. How can that help grow and fill those gaps? Right. Mm -hmm. And then go get the right person to help me get to that next level doesn't necessarily mean I need to learn how to do that. Not everybody can do everything, and that's okay. So if you're confident in this space, keep being confident in this space, whatever your space may be. I think that's, that would be the key thing, and stay fucking positive, man. Yeah. It'll, it'll, all these doors will just keep opening and just take them, and you'll yes. be amazed staying, at where you go. Staying open, yeah. so staying
0: positive and then staying open to those yeah. opportunities I think is very important. Um, well, I feel honored to know you at this point in your life where you're like, I'm watching this growth happen. I, I love it. Like, I'm like anybody who's growing as an artist, um, as a person, I love witnessing that. So it's pretty cool to see this right now. I feel like you're in a transitional period, much like myself, um, in a different way. Um, and yeah, I'm lucky to know you. I am definitely honored to be on here. And I'm thanks, glad,
1: glad, glad, glad you came on to yeah. stay at my house. It's yeah. absolutely something <laughs> that was phenomenally correct timing as mm. these things go. So yeah. awesome. Cool, thank man. You. Thank Super you so glad much. And thanks, everyone, to to listen to the podcast, too, for listening to me uh, talk about what I talked about. So yeah, thank well, you. I
0: feel like a lot of people, you know, I didn't really know your story and stuff. And then sure. um, when you do go back through John's social media, you do realize... Um, Oh, yeah, this dude's done a lot of shit. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so go check out his social media again. One more time. What's the Instagram? The Instagram handle is O-R-I-G-T-W-Y-G.
1: It's original Twig.
0: And um, uh, people can find you on Facebook as well. Do you have uh, a.
1: So, so on Facebook, I have creations by John Twig Hyde. So that's probably the best way you would find that. Cool. Uh, it's You can expect it to be a mirror image of Instagram, but if mm, you don't okay. have Instagram, that's fine, yeah. uh, and you want to reach out to me there, that's absolutely the way to go.
0: And your Big Cartel is up as well. Yep. It's also
1: is... johntwighide.bigcartel.com
0: Cool. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, maybe you'll hear from me next week. Maybe you won't. That's sort of how my life has been lately. So, uh Regardless, you'll hear from me again. (laughs) Thank you guys for joining us. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.